Hello and welcome to another episode of the DOS Game Club podcast. This is number 65, according to my notes. Let's see if that's right. Mine too. Yeah. Yep. And we are going to talk about the game we played in January, I think. Yeah. Which uh, is Raptor Call of the Shadows, the vertical shooter from 1994, developed by Sickness Software and <laughs> published by Apogee. We were having a little discussion on how to actually pronounce Sickness, so that's why. We, we had someone look up how, yeah. how a Latin person, a Roman, would pronounce it. Yeah. Turns out it's probably not, not pronounced in a Roman way. <laughs> I think Esco established that it was actually Kicknus? Kicknus or something something like that. It's it, Let's not go with that. Yeah, just 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 as it's written, Kicknus. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Martijn, Tyne on the forums. And yeah, we've got a, a whole bunch of people here. So so let's uh, go through them one by one. Uh, first of all, as always, is our trusty co-host Florian. Hello. Hey. Yeah, I think I think this was sort of your pick, wasn't it, Florian? Yeah, it was. It was one of the games that I played ages ago, probably when it came out, but only the shareware version, and I often wanted to play the entire game, mm -hmm. and this was my chance. Exactly. So, yeah, definitely uh, looking forward to hearing your insights and mm -hmm. see Me too. all that. <laughs> um, also joining from a little while ago, but he's back, it's Esco. Hey, yes, it's good to be back. It's, it's a good year always when I get to be on the podcast here. Yeah, I think your last one was, let me think. Lost Eden in April last year, I think it was. Right, because we did the whole year of the adventure game. And yeah, it was part of that. But, uh, I mean, you are an adventure game guy, but you're also a vertical shooter guy, right? Yeah, that's uh, the my very first episode was long, long ago on uh, the Tyrion episode. Exactly. So, yeah, I think I think that helps us. You know, I I, I mean, you can you can compare uh, all the things that Raptor does different. I'm I'm gonna say different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tyrion does a lot of things right. Yeah, and Raptor is also a game. <laughs> Raptor does a few things right too. Come on, guys, <laughs> it's not a terrible game. No. Yeah. Okay. Let Let's get Let's get on with it. <laughs> Um, also returning from a, from a while ago is Josef. Yeah. Hi there. Hey. Uh, very happy to be back. That's awesome. I think the last time you sent in a voice message, is that right? I think so, yeah, for Street Rod. Hmm, that is a while ago. So, yeah. It's good. It's good that to have your own, you're like, live, you know, like like a talking person. That's, that's fun. <laughs> so, yeah, welcome. And also a longtime Raptor fan, I think, or not? Yes, yes, uh, very. Like I play the Raptor a lot. That's awesome. A lot. <laughs> We've also got a new person on, by the way, uh, and it's Hannes. Yes, hello. Hi. You uh, you registered on our forums, I think, for Raptor, or maybe not for Raptor, but you you posted a, a, a quite an extensive review on our forums about Raptor. So yeah, I uh, I joined the forums uh, two months or three months before that. Hmm. Yeah, Raptor was something I, I played back when it came out. More or less uh, occasionally since then. Mm -hmm. I'm especially happy with the whole review you wrote. I mean, that's a whole... Well, we'll, we'll talk more about that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's all uh, an insightful piece of writing. So I think that's cool. Let's just talk about Raptor, right? Let's talk about Raptor. Yeah, let's go. 
first of all, who suggested the game? I pretty sure it was me. Yeah, but also, didn't we re- run a Twitter poll? We did, and it lost. Unsurprising. <laughs> <laughs> but then I said, I really, really want to play it, and then you said, Okay, come on, let's play it, and then. We put it up for whatever month month it was. Mm. Was it February? January. When did we play it? January. This now, January. yeah. But Tyrion was a long time ago. So the the poll was also a long time ago. Oh yeah, well, but we've we've um, pitched Raptor against other games and other polls as well, and it lost again. <laughs> 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 Our audience gets what it deserves, not what it wants. <laughs> Eventually, the democracy was overridden. Like we are playing Raptor. Yeah. Yes. It's pretty much the case. <laughs> Hello, Martijn here. Sorry for stopping the show for a second, but while editing this episode, we received a voice message. Now, we didn't get any other voice messages for this episode, so we didn't have a segment for it already. But since we received it before we published this one, we figured we might as well include it. So it was sent by DOS Game Club member Phil, also known as Pixel Prophecy. And, well, this is what he had to say. Hello, DOS Game Club. Hello, Martine. Long time no see. Hmm, you're looking good. I'm Phil. You might know me as Pixel Prophecy on the forums. And I haven't been active on the forums in quite a while, so you don't know me, probably. So I want to share my two cents, or maybe it's four cents or even six, on Raptor Call of the Shadows. My god, what a title. Once you learn it, you will never forget it. I tried to track down the full version of this game and I couldn't find it. All I found was the shareware version. And when I launched it, it suddenly all came back. I had played this game before and not just once or twice, but religiously over at least two weeks or so back in the day when it came out. When it was featured on cover discs of PC gaming magazines with such wondrous titles as PC game with CD-ROM. Yes, it was the actual title I got this game from. And it still holds up. I mean, blowing up shit is fun. It's just amazing how much little pixel explosions can motivate you to just keep shooting and try again the next time. Of course, the longer you play, the enemy variety is not that great. And the stage and boss is essentially just always the same ship, but with an increasing amount of oranges it throws at you with each iteration. And all you can do is hope for having saved up enough smart bombs to take it out as quickly as possible. Fun. And just like in the late 90s, also this time, I didn't manage to get very far. Maybe three or four or maybe even five stages into the Bravo sector, but that was it. I could try as I might, as often as I might, restore my pilot. At a certain point, I was just too underpowered to be able to finish a stage. So yeah, this is clearly a game that rewards starting over and maximizing what you got. So is this a roguelike? Uh, That's probably for gaming historians to figure out. Instead, I want to talk a little about all those neat little details, those visual things that I noticed as I was looking at my recorded playthrough, because you can't appreciate those things when everything is just trying to kill you with oranges. 
Have you noticed that all the fighters have drop shadows? And it's not just a static drop shadow, but it's more like a parallax scrolling. So it, it moves slower than the actual ship. And sometimes uh, you can even spot incoming ships by that drop shadow. So that's very handy. And the other thing that I realized is that the water is animated and not badly <laughs> as in other shmups of the time. No, even the shoreline has a different animation. So that, that's very neat. And finally, those money pickups when you shoot those ships that leave this little glowing star shape behind. Is it me or does it look like the Apogee logo? Coincidence? I think not. Music is nice, graphics are nice, uh, 6 out of 10. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. That's great. We're really grateful for these messages, and we love hearing from you. So if you want to send us one too, you can send them to club at dosgameclub.com. Just record something on your computer or into a phone and email it, and it will be included in the next episode. And now, on with the show. I think we, we already established that we're all longtime players. But I, I think it's it's fun to dive a little bit into that. So, I mean, starting with you, Florian, you haven't played a whole lot of DOS games like around the time they mm -hmm. actually came out. But this one... This one I did, yes. Yeah. You know, uh, thinking back now, I think I picked my friends from school based on whether they had a good computer or not. So, and that, that <laughs> was... <too. laughs> I played Raptor on, on one of my friends' computer, among other games. And um, all the games that, that I really want to play nowadays for nostalgic reasons, I probably played on these three guys' computers. And <laughs> Raptor was one of them, yes. Do you still remember like what kind of computer it was? Uh, not exactly. I wasn't really, really knowledgeable about computers back then. It had a VGA card, obviously. Awesome. Uh, it ran Windows 3.1, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Besides that, no, no real idea. Yeah. So this was in primary school, I think. Yeah, it was was secondary school. Right. I think maybe I maybe I don't know. I went with to school with this guy for primary and secondary school. So, but like age ten or so. Yeah, something around that nine ten. So yeah, awesome. Just go around his house. Like, did you did you do that all the time, or just do you just remember one notable session? Uh, we played all kinds of games. I mean. He never had any full versions of the games, so we played all the shareware games we got from magazines, and we played them for hours. So I, I was this this guy um, for I think three, four times a week, and then we just played games. And yeah, obviously Raptor was one of them. Yep. I don't think you ever played it in like between that and now, did you? I tried a few times. I, I tried playing um, the registered version a few times, but usually after like. Playing um, the shareware part of it, so I said, "Ah, oh, that's that's enough for now," and mm. just just gave up. Yeah, so you, you you've almost played it more than I have. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've played the shareware episodes or, or sector, I don't know, five six times, but I never never touched um, the other two sectors until now. Until now, yes. Ah, that's cool. We'll 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 hear what you have to say about the rest and how what it adds to to the experience. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, Esco, I think you also played it around the time it came out, or didn't you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I played it actually the year it came out. And especially, I think it uh, maybe the first contact was with a shareware version off a magazine and then maybe later updated to the 1.3 shareware version downloaded possibly from the 
Apogee BBS. Wow. Via like a, a Telnet connection or, or something similar uh, way back when, because I remember at least, or possibly just even the, the patches, because I remember it having problems because we had a Sound Blaster 16 and a 486. Mm. So uh, it, had, it had some interesting problems, I think, with the Sound Blaster 16 and the uh, or or some other audio card, but it, I do remember playing the shareware version. I played it, I don't know, about eight or nine times through back then, and then I acquired the registered version a few years down the line, and then I I played through that. I think later on I used like a a, uh, a money hack or something to um, mm. uh, to give me as much money as I wanted, and then I bought all the good stuff, and then I just breezed through the rest of the game. <laughs> But I've played a lot of, of vertical shooters, and uh, this is it's not one that I probably actually own, really. Uh, I, it's not something that I would have come across on physical media, that's for sure. Mm. Not at least in the legal phys- legal sense. Was there actually a, a boxed copy of this game? Like, I'm not sure. I, I also know it through the shareware. I did some searching, uh, and um, apparently there was a box copy released in Germany at some point, and there's oh. another box that I've seen from a U.S. distributor, but these were like um, uh, boxed copies or possibly, you know, like random CDs that were sold off in, in stores and, and packaged by third parties. So this was probably never actually... I don't remember how it was sold. You have to go into the shareware version and look at the order now, and yeah. possibly uh, people got like a couple floppies in a in the mail kind of deal. Yeah, that's that's what I think. I think this was one of those order by mail titles, which is yeah, yeah. also the apogee way, right? Exactly, exactly. So this is like the precursor to you know digital games in a way. It's like uh, yeah, in my mind, this only exists. Like on the computer, not in a physical form, but yeah, digital only. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, uh, I mean, you, obviously, you played a lot of Tyrion and also other vertical shooters, probably. Yeah, I, I have uh, like the DOS copy of Raiden. I have uh, that's the old arcade game. I have a, the DOS copy with Redbook Audio. That that was a lot of fun uh, back in the day as well, and it was a lot more challenging, of course based on the old one. And then I played uh, these, uh, what is it, like 1952 and and all these other other kinds of vertical shooters and stuff. And then I played um, Gradius 2 on the Game Boy, but that's a side-scrolling shooter. So I played a lot of shoot, of different kinds of shooters back in the days. And yeah. I have like a 2D uh, fully rotating shooter for, for DOS called Seek and Destroy, which I think is also published by Epic Games, Possibly it was Safari software, hmm. but uh, and that's sort of a, a different kind of title. But yeah, I've played a lot of these style of games, less so on the arcade side because they were, of course, really expensive and yeah. I didn't want to use all my money in, in an arcade machine. But hmm. I played through Raiden on DOS and I played through Tyrion probably, uh, I don't know, uh, 50 to 100 times. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I have a fair, fair amount of experience with different kinds of DOS titles, but Raptor is one that I remember that was that was always sort of cool, but not quite cool enough. Mm, that's that's what I was going with this. Like, how does Raptor fit into the whole genre? Like, was it a one of the later games, or rather, one of the earlier ones? Like, where does this fit in? Well, there was as well when we looked at it on the uh, forums. I think it was Tiger Quill who posted about Major Striker, which was a game that came before this by sort of the same people. And I, I tried that now for this month as well. As the, and then it sort of like quit on level three because the the design just 
wasn't really good. But overall, Raptor as a DOS game, just as a pure DOS game, not an arcade port or something, is probably in the top end of the vertical shooters that were uh, released for DOS first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrion came a year later, and it tops this for various other reasons. But in, in general, this is this is one of the best sort of arcade shooters that, that you can find for DOS, and it has a lot of very good qualities that make it actually enjoyable and, and, and fun to play. Yeah. And then some qualities that make it not so fun to play. <laughs> we'll definitely <laughs> talk about that. But yeah, that's what I, I remember that people were just kind of impressed at the time with, you know, how smooth it looks and all the VJ colors and that like I don't I don't know if there were a whole lot of fast paced DOS games out there in ninety four. Well obviously there was there was Doom and you know there were there were fast games, but I don't know. For some reason, Raptor was kind of impressive to me anyway. You also have to remember that because it was a shareware title, it, it was uh, one of those is where almost everybody at the time uh, would have played the shareware version and probably never played the um, the registered version and gotten past that. Mm, for sure. This is one of the titles that everybody at the time would have most likely played it and most likely even enjoyed the shareware uh, episode of it. But then it was rare to impossible to find the, the registered version hmm. unless there was like a store release locally or they actually went out and ordered ordered the uh, the floppies from Apogee mm-hmm. or found a, a, a shady corner of the internet years later. Yeah, exactly. What? Who does such things? <laughs> yeah. Would they even ship them? Like maybe they will just tell you like, ah. I, I, does anyone know anyone in Europe who actually ordered shareware discs from the States? I don't. I'm sure. I, I don't know anyone. Yeah, I, I I just can't imagine being like a 10, 12 year old kid and and ordering stuff from America. That's like an insane sort of thing to do. So, but you didn't have to, right? I mean, uh, there were local shareware distributors mm-hmm. at least here where I lived. So uh, you could just order them locally, and okay, it was a bit more pricey than what was on the order form in the game, but then you saved on shipping, right? Ah. So it was fair. Oh, that's interesting. I never really looked into this. I mean, I was not old enough to have money or interest into no. acquiring this legally. But I had like 10 Deutsche Marks uh, pocket money a month. Yeah. So I couldn't buy many games from that. Yeah. yeah. I, I do own a few titles that, that actually were, you know, first sort of these kind of shareware only releases. Uh, Seek and Destroy is one of these, is that it came out in shareware. And then I found it. It's, uh, well, I bought it from the U.S. It was like this loose loose uh, jewel case which had the registered version on it. Huh. I don't remember how much I paid for it. Probably like six bucks. Huh. But yeah, I do have a few of those. And then later on, some picked up some box releases of, of games like Terminal Velocity that was in 1995 that was released as a commercial release. So, I mean, I remember seeing stuff like uh, Wolfenstein's box release, uh, Blake Stone's mm. box release. But these are all sort of, of course, Doom got a box release later on. But uh, there are there are some that, that just made it to the commercial market as these box releases, releases. But I can't for the life of me remember if I've seen Raptor or not. Yeah, exactly. Hey, we were doing the the round, right? I think I think Yo- we were stuck at Joseph, right? So, uh, what was it for you? I mean, when when did you pick up this game? Do you think? I don't exactly remember when. It was quite 
soon after I think it was released because when it released I was like eight. Mm. So I think I played it maybe a bit later, but quite soon after. I had the shareware, shareware first, which I finished, I don't remember how many times. And then somehow I got hold of the full version. I didn't, I didn't order it naturally, but also in my place, it was like maybe a fifth of monthly salary to get any game. So it was just not an option, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and then I played like the... Um, the full version a lot. I remember that at the end, like in my save game, I have something like 40 million, which means that you need to finish like four times in a row. Mm, wow. And of course I played it with other saves. And uh, yeah, I, I think this was maybe like, I, I remember being quite impressed by it because I think the game that I played before like Vertical Shooter was the River Run from Atari. Mm. So that was, well, Raptor was quite an upgrade mm-hmm. uh, yeah. compared to that. That's an old one though, the, the Atari one. That's like really old or not? Yeah, it's the river rate. Yeah, that's like from 80 yeah. something. But uh, yeah, I feel, I feel that Raptor for me was always kind of a bit different from like Raiden and Tyrion because it was the most, I would say, serious mm. kind of uh, game. Like it looked, well, I would say realistic, but well, in its own kind of way, right? Yeah. And I remember like, uh, so I, I really was into the vertical shooters back at the time. And I, what I did actually with all of these like Tyrion and Raptor and uh, was that I stole graphics from them and like remixed them into my own vertical shooters. Wow. So uh, this was what my hobby was making those. That's awesome. So a lot of, lot of memories with Raptor. Yeah, definitely. So how, how did you get access to the graphics of the game? I just do screenshots, like in, and you pick it out in Paint, and then you transform it to PS PCX format. Wow! And then I had some routines to load them, and then I had like a sort of an engine that like I cobbled up from example codes in Pascal and made vertical shooters. That's amazing. That's awesome. Do you still have any of these old creations? Yes, I do, actually. I actually do. Wow, man. Probably I will get some like a DNCA. I shared it on the, for- on, the, on the forums once, but the problem is most of the games I made, they were really super slow, like uh, really unoptimized. <laughs> but I still have them. I can, I can share them later. And, and do they run in Windows or? Uh, no, it's those, those games. Damn, that's fun. That's super cool. Yeah, you should really share these. Fan games. They're all, they're all fan games. Yeah, we should definitely check them out. Have a month of Joseph creations. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, sadly, I only have the one that actually, like, I, uh, I only have the latest version hmm. of the one that I made. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's serviceable. I can share it. Yeah, definitely want to check that out now. It's funny, Raptor also inspired me to get into programming. Huh. But I, I never really understood at the time how BitBlitz worked or, or how refreshing the screen without Flickr worked. And so I, I tried to figure out that for, I don't know, two years or something without internet. And then I just gave up. Ah. Until I had, had proper proper Windows stuff. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky thing in general, I think. Like having no internet, then you just have to figure stuff out or maybe read something in a magazine or something. It just happen to meet someone who knows a nugget of information. It's all, yeah. Or, or you have to know which library to go to at the university, which has all the computer science books that normally cost an arm and a leg. Mm-hmm. Well, university, I mean, this was in middle school or something. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was lucky that I had like some programs and basically there was like a flip 
routine. I did, <laughs> I never understood how it worked, right? I, I didn't understand what pointer was. I was just like, oh, if I if I call this thing, it will load stuff into memory and I have just to avoid doing it too much because then it crashes. <laughs> but otherwise, <laughs> it was like... That's awesome. That's awesome. Co- coding with Yosef. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is a super intriguing thing. Um, so did you play it like between then and now? Yeah, now and then. I, I had the GOG version since quite a while. So sometimes I return to the game, but not, not that much. Too. I think it's a, a fun game to just casually just do a few levels every now and then. It's it's quite easy to pick up. Yeah, and you can reasonably finish it in like on, on easy difficulty in like two days, like without much trying. Right? Yeah. So, Hannes, how, how was it for you? Like, um, wh- when did you start playing this game, do you think? Yeah, I can pinpoint it quite exactly. Oh. Um, and it's a recurring theme here right, in the discussion so far already. So, yeah, I got it off a cover disc of a magazine, the shareware version. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it was a magazine which I didn't read usually. Um, uh, yeah, it was not a very good one for really information or anything. But I had read the review in the magazine I was subscribed to. And uh, then I saw it. Oh, it's on the cover of the other magazine. So <laughs> I'm going to buy this one for once. And um, yeah. yeah, it was a two floppy disks, shareware uh, version. And yeah, it was worth the uh, admission price of the magazine. Uh, I'm not sure I read a lot of things in there, but uh, it was fine. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I played the shareware version and uh, I quite liked it, actually. So I'm, uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to here because uh, you now a couple of times remarked that it's not so great, but okay, I can imagine a couple of things, but I quite liked it at the time, um, especially because uh, so shoot 'em ups in general, it was always something I had the notion of liking, let's say, uh, in the previous 10 years before that, but I was never any good at them. Mm. Um, so uh, there were very few I could sort of play at all, uh, or let alone master. <laughs> so Raptor, I, I could actually play quite well. So I, I liked it. And um, so this was good for me. And then uh, a couple of years later, when I got first on the internet, I got full version. Yeah, they didn't add so much to the experience, to be honest. But uh, yeah, okay, nice. Nice to have, I would say. And uh, then a couple of years later on, more down the road, uh, I remember I had a website where uh, where we had used to do these sort of game reviews with, uh, with other people. And uh, somebody picked Raptor and I was not so happy with what he wrote about it. So I played it again and... Uh, Thought, ah, that's not so fair what he writes, but okay, I'll let it go. And yeah, then I played it again uh, end of last year. So yeah, and like every couple of years, I just take it out and yeah, play a little bit. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a nice one. Yeah, uh, never my favorite game, but uh, yeah, sometimes I'm in the mood for it. So yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's it's I have the same thing that it's just sometimes you find yourself you know not really knowing what to do, and then well, just just blast a few things, explode a few things on the screen. It's like a simple thing to pick up this game. Yeah, yeah exactly. You don't need any time to get into it. You don't yeah. need these super great reflexes like you usually need. I mean, if you play, I don't know, R-Type or, uh, mm-hmm. or Epidia or something like that. I mean, uh, Epidia, I, I die within 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah? And 
Project X maybe in five. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Ra Raptor was is, is okay. I can just start playing and I can do a couple of levels yeah, without <laughs> big problems. And uh, yeah, and blowing up things is satisfying in the game, I Super think. Super satisfying, and, uh, yeah. 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 So... Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's it's sort of fun. Yeah. A chill, a chill shooter. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I can see that. So um, you mentioned you got the registered version when you got onto the internet, but uh, that's not like the Steam version or anything. I think, right? Uh, no, no, no. It's just, it's, Steam was unheard of at the time. It was still in the nineties. So. Yeah. <laughs> No, so no Steam, uh, no, no, nothing like that. Yeah, no, no Steam, no GOG, no, I don't know what else, Origin or whatever. Uh, no, no, mm -hmm. no. So, did you did you actually buy it then? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I somehow somehow I doubt it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess I got it through uh, more shady channels. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I guess we all know this situation first. Uh, time on the internet and suddenly mm. a whole new world of uh, software opens up which you <laughs> mm -hmm. never had access to before um, although uh, you already traded copies with other people you knew um, yeah so I guess I got it through some other way uh, yeah and then later you probably played some of the updated versions as well or no no uh, that's actually the funny thing I always oh. I always stuck to the uh, version I first had to the, the share the version I first had plus the um, full version I um, then later got huh. and I never looked into patches or or any of these I think there was some I read now that there's some sort of updated version which just just a graphical filter or something laid over it or something yeah so no I've never seen those uh, I, I stuck with the original and I never had any problems with it, so I didn't really see the need. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. I think I think things were largely the same for me as well. I to be honest, I do remember playing this game and it must have been around 94 or maybe a little later, like 95 or but yeah, that like for me that was the end of primary school, start of high school. I, age like 11, 12. I just remember playing this and I have absolutely no memory of how I got it. Not not through the shoebox that you mentioned many times. No, 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 because the shoebox is all 80s and, and huh. a little bit early 90s, but no, not, no. This was probably my best guess is either also a shareware disc on a magazine, but then I don't remember what magazine... But another very good guess is um, that same uncle that gave me all the shoeboxes of old floppies. He 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 stayed interested in games and he shared um, these collection of games on CD-ROMs with me. Sometimes I don't know if you heard that there were like this whole series of uh, the, like the Legacy or I don't know I don't know what they're called. Uh, basically, all pirated copies all stuck together on CD-ROMs. Um, so I think there's a good chance I got this from one of those discs, but I just don't remember. I don't, I don't remember being ever really into it, but I also remember like always having it around. I don't think I've had a computer that didn't have Raptor on it, but I also don't remember ever playing it for more than like an hour. So... <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you're in the mood for some explosions and then you launch Raptor and you do some explosions and then you're satisfied and you <laughs> continue on with your life. So, 
that's that's kind of raptor for me. Hearing all you talk, I think it's it's largely the same for everyone. That it's just you know it's a fun casual shooter. It looks good. It feels good, but there's not a whole lot of interesting stuff to keep you occupied. So. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just into it, it's fun, and then it kind of wears off again. Yeah. So The thing with, with that, though, is that um, Raptor, in my mind, is really what, what DOS games looked and felt like. So whenever I thought DOS game before starting DOS Game Club, I thought, oh yeah, Raptor, that's the prime example of a DOS game. Hmm. But yeah, I learned now that it's actually one of the, the games that's, that's maybe, maybe best looking mm-hmm. in, in DOS gaming even. And best, best sounding, too. Yeah, the sound is all right, but the graphics to me are the most impressive part. It's just, yeah, I don't know why, because it's just a 2D game and it's, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, this game looks really good to me. Uh, Most of the shareware um, part, though, I mean, later on, it all gets a bit bland, I think, Mm. and it's more of the same and it all gets gets a bit gray. Mm. But the entire shareware part, that just looks awesome. So I, I was just a bit uh, um, surprised that you say this is sort of like the epitome of the DOS game for you. I mean, uh, graphically, okay, maybe, I don't know. But uh, the genre, I mean, this is not something MS-DOS was ever really known for, right? I mean, we mm-hmm. at the beginning, we established that this was like one of the first serious ones at all. And this, these types of games, they went back 15 years by then and uh, never really touched DOS machines. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe uh, Raptor is kind of like the commander keen of vertical shooters, right? Yeah. It's like finally a version that has like yeah. smooth scrolling, no jitters, no stutter, you know. Yeah, could be, could be. Yeah. So maybe this is sort of the game which brought it to the platform a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. also it was just, I mean, I mean, I was, uh, as we, as, as I said earlier, I was like nine or 10 years, so I was super impressed with the graphics and it was something I'd never seen before. And okay. Also, I think over the last years, we've learned that I don't have a very particularly good taste in games. So. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we know that. but uh. <laughs> I, I had a, a neighbor kid who had an Amiga, and he was also always playing these kinds of games, you know, but, but before, like in the earlier 90s. This, like Games like Raptor, that's what he was always showing me. So I, to me, it was like, oh yeah, finally, I have something like this too, like Finally, I have impressive graphics and fast scrolling and everything. So I think people were just sort of craving this sort of stuff on the PC. Yeah. The thing with Raptor, though, is that it's a lot more forgiving than all of the arcade games before it. It's a lot more forgiving than a lot of, you know, Toho-style bullet hell shooters as well. So it really comes down to the fact that this has made it accessible to people that didn't want to spend uh, five bucks and quarters at the arcade and also the, those that just sort of wanted to pick up a game and put it down mm-hmm. uh, every once in a while because a lot of the shooters, especially on the consoles, you could you could get like NES shooters, uh, 1952, I think, or 1948 or these uh, the, uh, those shooters were available on console, but you couldn't stop, put them down and, and then go back to them. Raptor always sort of brought in in that, that, okay, this is not an arcade game. I can go through this wave, I'm done, and then I can move on to the next thing or, you know, in that way. So it, it is sort of a landmark game in the DOS era from that aspect, in my opinion. And I think it's like pretty rare because the only other vertical shooter I remember that had actually save and load is 
Tyrion, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. even Raiden didn't have it. Even later games like Zoldner X, they didn't, they never had saves. It's no. like you you die and you, you're done, right? That's the only way to finish. Yeah, well, I think this is a very important point. Yeah, I mean, I think the target audience is just a different one uh, for Raptor or was a different one at the time. Uh, I mean, the, the target audience on the PC platform just, uh, I would say, older and uh, yeah, not not so much the, the teenagers who have free time all day to memorize exactly the bullet patterns uh, or whatever in each level. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but people who maybe already had a job yeah, and uh, just played it after work. And I think yeah. you can really see that it accounts for that. Yeah, fully agree with that. And here we are, uh, all are. We've played it when we were about 10. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, but that also kind of works because the game is not overly hard. Not, not unless you, you hit it up to the hardest difficulty. Then, then you're going to have problems if you're just starting out. But yeah, it isn't hard. So if you're just a kid and, and you, you put it on easy, you, you can manage just fine. And that's sort of rare because there are not a whole lot of games you can play as an eight or nine-year-old and, and be somewhat successful in. But then again, it doesn't matter if you're successful when you're eight years old. No, for, I think totally. we've, we've talked a few times about how we've played the same Super Mario levels over and over again. Sure, sure. Without not making any progress ever. That's true. That's true. And you can always cheat yeah. if you are not good enough, right? So, um, do you mean like in-game cheats or like trainers and other external stuff? Uh, so uh, Raptor actually has like due to way uh, how it works. There is a sort of a cheat because basically. So one thing also we can do in Raptor is that you can abort the mission at any time. Mm-hmm. And it will actually keep all your, uh, the state of your ship and everything you have. So you don't have to load. So basically, if there is a pickup somewhere early in the level, you just pick it up, abort, sell it, and replay again. And ah. you can have like thousands and thousands of uh, credits. Infinite money in the third level. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was either a, a an environment uh, variable or a command line parameter which gave you a, a essentially infinite money. So uh, no, I didn't know that. There there was that as well. But there's also if you play in game, if you press backspace, it gives you the third tier weapon and uh, full shields. So it it, it was very r- readily available to to just uh, hey, I'm not doing very well. Let me press this key. But then it does reset all your money par- progress and a lot of other stuff. So it's not exactly, you know, like a get out of jail free card. No. Uh, if you're actually sort of trying to play it more seriously than, than just, I want to get to the end and see what the uh, ending story is like. Yeah, but still, this is, is this like a, a documented feature, the backspace thing? Is it? I, I don't like, remember if it was in the readme or not, but mm. but it, it's it's something that just works straight off. It's you can't turn it off. Looks like some forgotten debug feature, possibly. Yeah, that's that's what it sounds like. <laughs> Rem- remember Jill in the Jungle, which had the undocumented level editor? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, there's always tons of stuff like that in games and. Like any DOS game, you just start out with pressing every key to see what it does. So yeah, you'll hit it soon enough. Yes, especially in, in, in shareware versions like this, and this you can see it in this Apogee game as well as all previous ones. There's an in, in-game in the menu, there's a help which tells you what's happening, why you're doing things, and how the controls work. Mm-hmm. Because uh, 
back then, of course, in, in the DOS era, people were used to reading the manuals, but in shareware titles, you never got a manual. Yeah. So exactly. you always had to go for in the in-game or there would be like a readme.exe, which would boot up a text file. Mm-hmm. In a way, it's more modern, right? Yeah. I was thinking that as well. Like It's like an in-game tutorial almost. Like, yeah, a very modern approach. But I mean, Wolfenstein 3D had it too. Hmm. A lot of the Apache games had. Yeah. yeah, true. If we talk about the gameplay, it's it's really not very spectacular, is it? I mean, it's a vertical shooter. You're a, a little, what is it? Like a jet fighter or something. Mm-hmm. And you shoot either rockets or, what is it? Just a gun? Or lasers. Or lasers. So you start with a machine gun, right? That's the weapon you always have. Yeah. And then you can collect more weapons, some of which are selectable, so you can select the weapon, and some of them just add up. So at the end, you can shoot like four things at the same time. Yeah. And I think the main thing with the weapons is that some are only for hitting air targets and some are only for hitting land targets. So that's really the main thing you're focusing on. Yes. That's also a major development in, in this title is, is that there's suddenly a difference between what's on the ground and what's on the air. Yes. Because in a lot of other titles, you just shoot and you hit whatever is there. Hmm. And even Tyrion has it, you shoot and that's what's there. Yeah. There's just more physical objects in the uh, actual gameplay. But in this, there's the ground targets, which you can destroy with your machine gun or your ground hitting weapons. Or there's air targets, which you hit with your air hitting weapons. It, it's, uh, I don't think it was really done before this. Hmm. For really good players at this genre, maybe this is a nice addition. But for someone who's really bad at scrolling shooters like me, <laughs> I, I, I never really liked that feature, to be honest. Because when I had to switch to, to ground weapons, that meant I missed half the um, enemies flying at me. And when I switched to air-based weapons, I missed everything on the ground. But at the same time, there are like disproportionately more air targets, right? The ground targets are quite rare. Yes. So just switch quickly to ground weapons and then go back to air weapons. Mm. But, but the ground targets are usually more profitable huh? because you get money for blowing things up. And uh, often you get more profit if you blow up things on the ground. And uh, I think I think the, the first two types of missiles which you receive uh, uh, I mean you switch them with the number keys right I think it was five and six where the first two are on I mean the, the green ones for the ground and the gray ones I think for the air targets five and six or maybe six and seven and then control to shoot yeah so I, I remember I always had my uh, my hand in a bit of a cramped position uh, to, to uh, <laughs> be able to press all the three at the right time so it was not super convenient, but uh, this was a feature I really liked. Huh? So this distinction. So you never used the Alt key to cycle through them like I did? Yeah, that was the only way I, I found. Yeah, so. same. I just used the Alt key. Ah, no, 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 no. no. That, that's too slow. No, no. I always <laughs> went for a direct selection. Just for noobs, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the trick is, 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 is you do get to collect these weapons in the levels. There's also an in-game store where you can buy these weapons, but you can also sell them off. As Josef mentioned earlier, you can collect a weapon, exit out of the wave, mm-hmm. and then sell them off and then go back in, collect it again and, and gather money this way. It takes forever. Uh, I tried it and it's just, it's too slow. Mm. But the 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 
the tr- trick there that I used is always that I made sure that after each wave where I collected an extra weapon, I would sell off the ones that I didn't need so that uh, whatever, whenever I needed to do switching, I would just uh, uh, be uh, switching on the weapons I needed to switch. So I kept two, basically, all throughout the, uh, the playthrough. And later on, you get the weapons that can hit both kinds of targets. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I yeah. think that yeah. this, this uh, what you mentioned, Esk, well, this is uh, also an interesting point because they wanted to go... I mean, you cannot just sell the weapons. You can also buy them in the, stop, in the shop mm-hmm. uh, between the levels. Yes. So they tried to go for this insanely addicting... Uh, and game mechanic of upgrading your own ship, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, you have this uh, also in a lot of uh, role-playing games and everything, yeah? So like Diablo, when you, okay, oh, I've got this new enchanted weapon, uh, I need to try it out. And and now I've got this new armor, I need to try it out. And it should be the same in this game, but uh, I think this is one of the things they didn't get quite right. Because first of all, you you can collect so many, many of them, so you never essentially never need to buy any. And uh, as you said, throughout the game, you, most of them are clearly never needed. Uh, so uh, in the end, I mean, the, the only real distinction you can make is, okay, do I want a sort of a weapon which is target-seeking, uh, which is then maybe not so strong? I mean, there are two of them, I think. One is a, like a machine gun, which uh, is automatically target-seeking, and one is a laser of the same kind but they're both not so strong. Or you go for the dump ones, which just go forward and they are stronger. But that's about the only distinction you can make. Um, So uh, I think they they really tried to have something to make the game last longer here by experimenting with more weapons, but that didn't quite work out maybe. Yeah. Yeah, there's no weapons upgrades, right? So you cannot get... Um, your machine gun upgraded or your laser turrets upgraded. So it's on, only one level. Yeah, exactly. It's too little of that. Yeah. Too little of that. Yeah, un- unfortunately, in that, as- at that aspect, Tyrion went above and beyond and even more beyond in, mm-hmm. in, in that aspect in the, uh, in the shooter category where they had, I don't know, 25 different weapons with uh, di- uh, with 11 upgrade levels and it, it went nuts but but in in this aspect the which i have and which is my greatest gripe to raptor is all as what hannes just said is all except two of the weapons are forward firing and with enemies coming from everywhere and a limited amount of hits that you can take until you get to the mid to late game it doesn't feel fun because I'm I'm used to I'm used to some of these older arcade shooters where you could get uh, different upgrades that had like large patterns that covered three quarters of the screen, even though they weren't high power, they w- they would actually be you know you could shoot more things than one, and then once in this game you get the auto machine gun that you that automatically shoots in in different directions, and then the laser turret. Which, uh, which, to my surprise, this morning I found out that it only shoots air targets and not ground targets, <laughs> which was uh, a bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. It's it just feels limited by that. Okay, you still have this sort of feeling that you have to dodge all the bullets coming in, and you have to be more careful at the bosses because to hit them, yet they you have to stand there in front of their bullet pass, and that. That it, in that aspect, I mean, it could be slightly better designed from the weaponary point of view. Well, there is one kind of weird weapon, which is a dump fire missile, which shoots 
forward-ish, but kind of also to the side. Yeah, but it's still forward-ish. With that one, you can try like doing something intelligent, but it doesn't really work, right? The auto-fire machine gun just works best. The dumb-fire <laughs> missiles, they are just too weak. And even destroying something with that, I don't think I've destroyed a single thing with those. Yeah, and I think even in the description it says like they might not always go where you mean them to go, but <laughs> <laughs> they pack a punch or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, it's more like a fun idea than than actually being fun. But in my last playthrough, I actually kept them huh. after you get them, and they are surprisingly good. If you have also have like the micro missiles and the plasma cannon, mm. like so you can actually hit stuff for in front of. Yeah, the, there is the great difference, of course, is that I think the uh, dumb fires also hit dark uh, ground targets, yes, as opposed yes. to the first two ones, which only hit air to air or air to ground. So there is a bit of tactical variance in there, and I I did keep the dumb fires uh, as the the first sort of general purpose weapons mm. on my playthrough uh, for this month. So it, it they were useful. But yeah, I, I I do think well, ultimately the weapons are just not super interesting. So. Yeah, this is kind of the big flaw. Because I I do think that if Raptor did have uh, an interesting array of weapons, then the game would have been a lot more interesting all of a sudden. We'll probably also have opened more level design options because the levels are, to be honest, it's it's always more of the same. Mm. Well, if if we talk slowly about the levels a bit, because we talked about the weapon areas, is is that this is... uh, so there's three different areas. There's the Bravo sector, Tango, Tango sector, and the outer regions. And each of these has uh, 10 different waves. So you basically have 30 levels during the full game. Uh, if you choose the easiest difficulty, you're limited to six in, in each uh, sector until you're moved on to uh, a higher difficulty. So if you complete a sector at, at any difficulty level, the next time you go in, it's at a higher difficulty level. So there are 30 levels in this game, which is which is pretty respectable in amount. Yeah, but the, the, I think the main thing is, can you really tell the levels apart? Yes, you can. Because, them, yes. Oh, my graphics style. Yeah, the, the different sectors, they, they look different. But I don't know, it, it does feel very samey to me. Like all the levels is just... Yeah. Uh, Raptor, it has one kind of like difference compared to, let's say, like the Raiden and Tyrion is that it only has like, it doesn't have any parallax. Mm. So it just, it's just flat. And also the level only scrolls vertically, right? Uh, the other games were kind of more, I would say, like larger maps, especially because the ships were also a bit smaller. So it gave you more leeway into what to do. Uh, the, the, basically, the play area in Raptor is rather narrow. Mm. So I think also that's why most of the weapons just fire forward, right? Because there is not that much horizontal space. There, there's also, my, my favorite level is in the second sector. So that's Tango sector. There is a dark level. Mm. And I really enjoyed that because it, was, it brought out a bit more variance in that you, you're not so predictably figuring out where things are coming from and you had to play a bit more carefully. But it, it's basically it's halfway through the game to get there. Mm. So it's a question on if you play the the uh, registered version or the full version or whatever the, the one version that you purchased. Do you get that far? Yeah, I mean, if you buy it, probably yes, right? You should at least finish the game. <laughs> <laughs> Just, let's look at your Steam uh, games list and see how many games you have not finished. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, another thing that's that's missing from other scrolling shooters is that there are no no obstacles in any way, right? There are the enemies, but other than that, there are no walls that you have to avoid. Hmm. Uh, even Tyrion has that. And yes, it does. I mean, our type is is based around that concept, really. And yeah, the Raptor, it's the old entire screen is open to you all the time. And when I played uh, Major Striker, I I played through the first just the first two levels. The, the first first level, I figured out that if I mash the shoot key, uh, I can shoot faster. <laughs> the, the second the second level started off with it has this very tight small corridor, and you're supposed to stay in that corridor during the level, and it's really annoying. Mm. <laughs> and then I then I just quit because it's just too annoying to try to even though you can sort of save and, and load back into there, it, the, the level design is not like the kind where you want to keep playing and keep enjoying it. Uh, but but in, in Rapture, I think the, the level design is, is is much better from that aspect and it's nicer than than some of the, the sort of the earlier DOS shooters that uh, nobody ever remembers. I think also it adds to the realism, right? Like if you are in a jet, you usually... Not don't need to like avoid obstacles, right? Mm. You are high above them. Well, there there could be mountains or yeah. not if you're in a jet, really. But yeah, this this is we're not we're not playing Red Baron or Falcon 4.0. But well, depends. You still, still want to hit ground targets? Come on. <laughs> One part of the game that we well we we mentioned a little bit, but um, I mean there are obviously the levels and and stuff, but there's also the whole area in between each mission um we talked a little bit about the shop but it's actually you're like in a base right to me as a kid that area felt really cool Mm -hmm. like oh yeah i'm i'm with the i'm with the soldier guys this is cool but actually now that i've seen it again it felt a little bit i don't know dead to me it's like yeah okay it's just one screen really and then you you exit out of it. It's there's not a whole lot of character to it. There's not a a lot going on. But I had the same actually um, when I played it as a kid. I felt like, wow, this is the base, and yeah, and I, I, what, what, yeah. what things can I find with the mouse? But it turns out it's yeah. just a menu without Nothing. without text. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like save, load, um, fly, yeah. exit, and shop, and that's that's the things that are there. Yeah, exactly. And even the shop is, I mean, it's a functioning shop. It's fine, but. It doesn't have a lot of character to it. It's not, yeah, I don't know. It's just a list, you know? It's just a list of things and you click buy. That's it. It's, uh, to me, uh, I remember when we played, um, what's what's it, the, the Wing Commander. That sort of has the same setup, right? It has the same sort of gameplay loop where you, mm. you're you in the, yeah, it in feels, the base it thing. Feels more and Exactly. It feels much more alive. And it, it feels more like you're part of a, a gang of people. There are actually people there in Wing Commander. You know, there's people in the lounge or whatever it is. And I don't know, this Raptor thing. I think Wing Commander, it like gives it's it, the story is important in that game, right? In Raptor, mm. the story is what's the story actually? <laughs> is it like you, you are a, a pilot point. and you decided to go? Blow up stuff. You're you're a mercenary and you're hired to go kill the bad guys, yeah. <laughs> basically. And and all the tractors and barns and like whatever is in your way, like the whole city, right? Because I yeah. shot up a combine harvester. I must get paid for this. Why? <laughs> <laughs> like doing oil spills. Like why? <laughs> yeah, the story is is very much the same story as every other epogee game, right? Hmm. 
Yeah, which is <laughs> there are bad people, you must kill them. And then yeah, I don't know. Is there is there even a real story to this game? Um that that's that is the story that I think I just mentioned is is that there's an opening screen that says that blah 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 blah. But I think <laughs> the basic idea is is that you're a mercenary. Yeah. You're flying a raptor. Of course, uh, I always I always thought uh, that the the uh, the craft itself is an F twenty two Raptor, so mm. uh, that's why I thought the name came from. Maybe it does, but um, but that's basically it. Is that go into airplane, fly, kill bad guys, and then uh, after each um, after each region, you once you get to the final wave, you kill the final boss, you get a little bit of story that okay, you did this. Uh, you look at the uh, burning oil rig b- behind you of bad, bad corporation, and you know you've done a well, good job, and now you get paid or something like that. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at Apache's website now, and yeah, it does mention some of the megacorp stuff, which I don't know. It doesn't feel like that's actually part of the game at all. It's like, yeah, okay, you're you're. It says, in the future, as a mercenary flying the Supertech Raptor, you'll be sent on interplanetary missions to knock off top competitors of Megacorp. Okay. Yeah, it's just replaceable story blurb. That's not what I got from the game at all. Like, even the fact it's interplanetary. Like, okay, I guess. There are at least moon sections are... Yeah, you go go to Mars in the outer regions. Right. Okay, that's fair. Okay, but do you remember the plot of our type or whatever other shooter? I don't. No. No, no I don't think these <laughs> so vertical shooters are known. A, Did it have a plot? <laughs> probably not. I don't know. <laughs> so I think what Raptor does is fine. I mean, so, uh, yeah, it's, it is. It's okay. It is. Yeah. <laughs> It, yeah, it, it's it's much less than in in, in again the the bad comparison of of Tyrion, which which goes and 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 it likes to yank its own chain as well, which is it likes to make jokes about itself. But hmm. but it, it, in this case, it it's it's really just it's the frame for the gameplay and and the, what's mo- what's most important and what's important in in this type of games is the gameplay and not the story. You're not yeah. playing it for the story. Did, for sure. Did anybody here play Doom for the story? <laughs> No. When you think about Doom's story, it always occurs to me that if if there are indeed demons and it's all very scary, why are you sending a guy with one pistol to fix it? It's just a really weird premise. Did you just wake up and did all of this happen while you were asleep or something? Or? I mean, you're you were a space marine, so you were yeah. sort of like that's your job, but still. Yeah. Why do you only have one? I pistol? think that's actually. Just- lane somewhere but, but what I wanted to say before is that the entire mercenary thing is, is this is not the only game um, of, of the broad genre where you play as a mercenary in hmm. Strike Commander it was the same so this probably just yeah. just they needed they probably just needed a reason why you have to buy your own weapons instead of just being provided with weapons by your army oh. or, or Air Force or whatever that's a good point yeah but isn't it a sort of a gameplay mechanic in Strike Commander? It's been, I don't know, 20 years since I played it. But uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, there you can actually lose the mission and take the loss, right? In Strike Commander. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Raptor, I mean, you, you need to win every level. Um, well, you can bail out. Whereas, you can just quit. <laughs> yeah, the but level. then you need to do it again. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, so uh, and uh, in something like Strike Commander, if I'm right, and uh, other mercenary type games, sometimes you can just say, okay, 
I lose this mission and I move move on to the next one and I take mm. the financial loss. That's fine. Yeah, that's also the same in yeah. Wing Commander, right? So, yeah, there were actually two endings in Wing Commander. We talked about it in the episode I was on, I was on is that you could take the losing route where you go to you get the bad ending or you could mm. win a few missions along the way and then you could get to the get to the good ending. This game doesn't really have much of an ending, does it? I mean... You die. Let's yeah. try again. Yeah, well, there is like an end of the chapter, like end of the game, but it's just... More text. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, it's not text. There's there's a nice little picture. Yeah. yeah the animation. An animation right? of you yeah, flying yeah. into the base, yeah. Yeah, but it, it actually looks decent. Yeah, it looks, looks brilliant. The, the video sequences, the cutscenes, they... They probably bought the Salter game to me when I was young. For sure. I think one 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 thing this game really has is the art direction, right? Because it all feels very like well put mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Uh, compared to something like Tyrion, which like uh, at the beginning it's very like everything looks um like uh cohesive uh yeah it, like, uh, it, lo- it looks no- cohesive. normal but at some point you're just like fighting like flying balls and <laughs> carrots and, like it becomes completely the, we don't talk about episode four <laughs> 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 which came out in Tyrion 2000 which is co- completely separate sort of from from the original game but yeah it it does it does have more of a cohesive base and and that the the buildings and and areas sort of are graphically distinct in that the farm areas have sort of farmy buildings or warehousey buildings and then the the Mars areas can you can see biotopes in there and 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 other things so they did they did do well I think in in the graphic side and, and in the graphical design side yeah. it was really good for sure it's also in the opening cinematic by the way which is sort of similar in style as to the ending one. Uh, when you start the game, there's this opening. Uh, to me, the most iconic shot is where you see your own helmet. Mm-hmm. And there's like white dots coming at it. And I don't know. As a kid, this was all super impressive to me. And looking at it now, I think it lasts eight seconds. Something like that. It's like the whole opening cinematic is just... Yeah. It's just a few shots. But it's still really cool looking. So. That's the thing with this game. It's all, yeah, they, they nailed the whole aesthetic and the whole presentation. And this is this is also interesting uh, because we mentioned before that in gameplay terms or maybe in uh, difficulty terms, it set itself apart a bit from what came before. And I think this is an aesthetic as well. So, mm, uh, I mean, for you, sure. We've always had these, uh, yeah, I mean, these Toho style shooters, uh, all very Japanese with giant robots and everything. Yeah? And, uh, then the home computers, uh, even the original developments, always try to imitate that. Yeah, I mean, uh, look at something like Epidia, which I mentioned before. Eh? So it has a mock Japanese title screen, even. Eh? And uh, hmm. and uh, cutscenes would usually be uh, anime style uh, uh, characters or something. And this one looked really like, yeah, uh, a Western made game. Yeah. And, um, uh, I think uh, this this also really appealed to me at the time. Yeah? So it was uh, not trying too hard to look like anything else, but made its own style. Yeah, for sure, and it's it's confident. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 very much not trying to be an episode of Macross or 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 something similar where you're suddenly uh, running around in space in these uh, super uh, super jets and and. Uh, 
and trying shooting everything up, but you have a real machine gun that you start off with, which you yeah. can sort of relate to much better than pew pew. Yeah, it's it's sort of hardcore, even though the gameplay is not that hardcore at all. But it it feels like oh yeah, this is gritty, it's the real thing, and yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Also, I think what helps is that they didn't outline all the items on screen. Like in, in Tyrion, everything has a dark outline, and that that makes the game make Tyrion a lot more readable. Mm. But it also doesn't look as as realistic. I mean, I mean, we're, we're talking three twenty by two hundred and two hundred fifty six colors, but <laughs> for for that, it really looks realistic. The game mm. is is that the thing though with this game is that it's all just really more a cool aesthetic and then once you get into it there's not really a whole lot there because that's what my takeaway was more or less playing it now i mean as a kid i was just overwhelmed with all the coolness but now i was looking for something more to hook me and it mm. it's not really there in my opinion so yeah i mean the game is still pretty cool with all the explosions and and whatnot but I mean, as I said earlier, the levels are pretty much all the same. Yeah. At least to me. So it's you get things flying at you, you shoot them, that's it. And then you do that 20 more times, uh, 29 more times. So. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Also, the enemies, like there are like a lot of them, like, like really kind of all, every type of level has some sort of their own enemies. Mm-hmm. But they all shoot the same things, right? So basically, you just have like, if I count correctly, like four different ways that enemies can shoot at you. So it's not that um, you don't have to, like once you have learned, maybe by level, I think by level four or five, uh, you have learned, you have seen most of what will happen, to, what can happen to you, right? Yeah. Enemies that shoot lasers only come late, later. And that's, you learn very quickly to stay out of their way. Yeah, because you have basically the bullets, right? So the enemies that just either shoot forward or sometimes they aim at you. So then you have to escape that, which are very slow. You have the, I call it plasma because it looks kind of like your plasma cannon, but but red, which takes like sixth of your health and it's very fast. And it has like very distinct pew pew sound. <laughs> but it only shoots forward. And then, yeah, the laser, which takes like half of your health in one in one shot. And rockets, which are in the beginning are kind of like, you don't really care, but later they always shoot like eight of them at the same time. So if you're in front of them, you, <laughs> you're going to die very quickly. But I think the, like the, most of the gameplay, and like this is also something you've um, talked about, like is like uh, recognizing the shadows of the enemies that are coming and you know, like, oh, this, this one, I need to like stay away, like not be forward in uh, like in front of it. And uh, that's basically right. You have to like learn all the enemies by heart. Like how do they look by their outline and then just see what to do with them. But that happens surprisingly quick, even though there are so many of them. I think uh, we should probably mention a bit about the few items that we haven't talked about so far. Is, oh yeah, all the, the power-ups and the stuff. Or the, yeah, I, I mean, we've, we've talked about the weapons. There's uh, three different power-ups I think that we sort of missed is that the basic a raptor craft has uh, an a normal energy shield that gets depleted as as what Joseph just said is that uh, a laser will kill will eat half of it but there's also a, a special shield uh, what is it called face now? shield I should think 
Yeah, the phase shield. You can buy up to five of those, and that's basically like five extra shields that that uh, that don't then. Uh, your normal shield would re- replenish over time if you stop shooting, but if you stop shooting, you die. So there's there's no point, honestly, in that. Uh, but but the fa- the phase shields uh, it, uh, do um, uh, deplenish. Uh, you, you can only buy them. Uh, new from the store, so you have to go in and uh, replenish them that way after each wave. So, but the, they're essentially the ones that keep you alive in in the late game, and the late game is almost impossible, if not impossible, without them. But uh, uh, but uh, then there's the uh, the uh, the super bomb, which is uh, from many other old games, just is completely useless. Mm-hmm. I I traded them in for face shields every time I got them. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, because the bomb it takes like four seconds to drop. <laughs> yeah, at least. Yeah, and it doesn't. I don't think it even destroys the projectiles. So usually in the games, it's like you you are in a pickle. You set off the bomb, right? It will delete everything on the screen, and you can continue. Yeah. In Raptor, usually you only launch the bomb when you already have five of them, and you see a pickup. Yeah. Like, okay, so I'll just <laughs> throw one out, and then nothing. It does nothing. <laughs> But it's it's rather useful, especially when you don't have all the weapons against bosses, just to kill them more quickly. Yeah. But otherwise, it's it's like pointless. Yeah, at least on, on rookie difficulty, that's not really needed, and it's probably way better to just sell them and buy face shields instead. What's interesting, mm. we, we didn't mention that you can also get some like energy cells that recharge your shields and your your whatever the the other thing is, the uh, armor maybe. And the fa- it'll also recharge the phase shields and the energy shields. What's what's interesting is is that you don't even start the game at full health. You start at like seventy five percent, and the first thing you do, or at least the first thing I did, is just buy an energy cell in the game and then start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's also I think more or less the only thing you can actually buy that you have enough money for. Well, you can buy the ion scanner, hmm. which super useless is. <laughs> It's useless. <laughs> well, it, it's kind of useless as well. Basically, it will tell you the health of the boss bosses, and that's it. Right. It's, it, it's, uh, a, it's a good. It's a good meme item when you don't have anything else to spend money yeah. on, and it's like, okay, I'll yeah. just buy this, and then I can sort of see how mu- how long, how much longer do I have to dodge these attacks so I can actually uh, uh, finish this level. Yeah. Does, doesn't it also say major craft incoming or something like that when you have it? I think oh, it says it uh, independently, huh. but. Somebody could confirm or deny that. I don't think I've seen it, and I've only bought the scanner at like the second to last level or something like that. I I just looked it up on on the uh, some some fan wiki, and there it says that the ion scanner uh, it it does warn you of larger craft. So okay, yeah, but yeah. you can usually see that because when there is like a two three seconds of nothing, that usually means that the boss is coming, right? Yeah, there are there are mini bosses in the outer regions as well. So, in, in between, which do have their own health bars. Yeah, but I think oh. that's from mission five or six. You already have like on the middle of each level, you have like a smaller kind of boss. Yeah, I I think I saw one in wave two of the outer regions while I was replaying this morning for a little bit. Hmm. The thing also is that it's. The ion scanner kind of reveals how the difficulty is made because on the rookie, basically the bosses they start start like half destroyed, so they don't have all the health. Hmm. Yeah, that is true. That's kind. Another thing with 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 bosses, some bosses are ground based, and at rookie difficulty they only start shooting at you once you are fully in the screen and they are fully 
deployed, so to say, and you can actually shoot them long before that. So on rookie difficulty with decent weapons, you can defeat some of the bosses before they even shoot at you. So yeah, <laughs> and even some of the flying ones, they are like kind of a shell that opens after a while. And on rookie, if you already have better weapons, you can just blast them before you and see like how it looks open, right? Yeah. Is that really all there is to this game? I'm I'm looking at the notes, but I mean, it is it is a pretty basic game, all in all. Well, th- there is also one thing which is kind of interesting is the buildings that we mentioned, because basically mm. some levels, like cities, they have a lot of buildings. And so the only weapon that can actually shoot buildings is your the basic machine gun, luckily, because it sometimes means that if you have like tons of buildings, you are shooting the buildings first and then the enemies are behind them. So it does make levels with too many buildings a bit harder. And I don't think this was the case in other games. Usually, like, if you destroy the... Uh, like, usually your weapons would primarily target, like, the, the actual enemies, right? Mm. Rather than the barns. Also, some of the buildings just take so many hits that with the machine gun, you, you can just barely destroy them. Yeah, it's not really worth it sometimes. You just spend so much time on... I mean, just focus on the real threat and not maybe the barn, but yeah. Yeah, but what's nice about these buildings is this uh, chain explosion mm-hmm. effect. Mm, right? Super you, satisfying. You just, it's uh, very satisfying. <laughs> and exactly, and this is really, really what kept me playing for some time. Yeah? So just, uh, okay, shoot one square of it and the rest will just blow up by itself one by one. And uh, that's really yeah. nice, yeah? But but part of part of the actual difficulty of the game, especially in sort of the later areas, is is namely that your uh, some of your weapons are just no longer useful because they're now hitting the buildings instead of hitting the aircrafts, and you either have to use more advanced weapons or a bit more tactics on 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 how you're you're playing the game. So that sort of that's sort of a, a bit of an artificial uh, difficulty there is that once you get to the, sort of the city levels or or the other levels there's a lot of a lot of different um, buildings that just get in the way and your standard machine gun becomes useless essentially there is one thing that we have not talked about and i uh, we cannot do this podcast without mentioning it in the notes it's simply called monkeys but I think this relates to playing the game on uh, some specific dates, right? Right, yes. Uh, so there's this Easter egg mode, and I think it referred to, oh, I don't remember, the birthday of one of the developers or something. And uh, then on the on these uh, uh, tropical island types, you will suddenly have them full of monkeys, and they throw exploding bananas at you. Um, so uh, it may actually makes the game harder eh? because it's extra enemies and they're ground-based. As we established, uh, this is sometimes a bit harder to take them out. Uh, but uh, actually what I did back then in 94 was uh, I actually put in my uh, startup file the uh, date command so that it would always be on this date. So the computer would oh. always stay on this date. So because I found it fun and then I always played it. Yeah. That mode. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was at least at least a nice thing. Uh, it doesn't uh, revolutionize the genre <laughs> or something. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> no, but remember it's... which date it was? There's there's uh, four of these dates actually. Exactly. 
There's there's March 12th, there's May 16th, October 2nd, and August 28th. And I just looked up the GameFAQs uh, listing, and then it it depends on which uh, uh, dev's birthday it was, uh, and that says sort of uh, what what the different stuff is. Yeah, but I remember I, I didn't make friends with this. So uh, when my brother found out, I had uh, fixed the date uh, so that the monkeys always appear. He got quite angry at me. Uh, saying, oh no, you made the game harder and why did you do you that? The game. <laughs> oh no, you should have told me and okay, 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 fair enough. Uh, they also replaced the, the intro thing, right? With Apogee's uh, music. It's instead, like the music is gone and, and instead you hear, I think it's it's probably the developers like humming it or something. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's all really. I mean, it's it's sort of this old school fun thing. That's well, I don't know. Is this? I don't want. I don't want to be go all like the grumpy old man. But is this? Is this gone from games? This sense of just messing around and and putting fun stuff in. I'm sure there's tons of fun stuff in games nowadays. But I don't know. I don't. I don't see a lot of big games being completely weird on a specific date. It's yeah. Uh, I, I played Talos Principle in um, around Christmas, and there are lots of Christmassy um, Easter eggs ah. in that. Yeah, yeah. I think the Christmas Easter egg is a, a sort of a mainstream version of this. It's uh, it's in more games that it's all uh, Christmas around the twenty fifth of December. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just kind of a fun, silly thing, and and I I don't think i ever actually ran into it like without knowing what was going on but it must have been kind of funny if you're just a, a kid and you launch the game that you've been playing every day for weeks and then all of a sudden <laughs> it's all monkeys <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know nowadays i'm i'm not even sure how like does dosbox copy the date from your system or something or i don't know how this works nowadays is DOSBox always on the same date or does it copy your OS date? I wonder somebody, how this somebody, works. Somebody can type it in quickly. Yeah, mm. it does. It does uh, for sure. I mean, I haven't tried this out, but uh, I remember in some games, old games, like 20, 30 year old games, there's actually messages. I remember two different games. Uh, there was actually an extra screen made for it, which said, oh, somebody's still playing my game 30 years after. Great. Enjoy the oldies. <sighs> And awesome. uh, so the DOSBox <laughs> must have had the current date, yes, for sure. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. 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 That's the that's the game essentially. I I think it's fun to talk a little bit about the developers, maybe. That's the because well, we just talked about their birthdays, so yeah, might as well might as well mention who these people are. As we mentioned at the start, the game was made by Cygnus Software, which was a pretty small developer. I, I found that they were founded in 1991, based in Chicago, and they're founded by uh, Scott Host, which was their main programmer, also the main programmer of this very game. But the first game they actually made was also a vertical shooter, I think, uh, called Galactics. Has anyone ever played Galactics? Nope. Ah, uh, maybe you should. It's. I, I think it is a, a vertical shooter for MS DOS. So, I mean, I, I might have played it, but I I have to really look it up somewhere. 
Yeah. I haven't played it, but looking at screenshots, it, it looks like like this is really Raptor 0.1. Yeah, exactly. I think I think that's conceptually what this is. Um, but the fun thing is that once Scott Host made this game, Galactics, he sent, I'm assuming, a letter to Scott Miller of Apogee. Um, and, and he got a message back saying, uh, yeah, this game looks awesome and we would like to work together. So from that point on, all their games were published through Apogee. And uh, they actually worked a lot with Apogee. Turns out the people from Sickness were involved with things like Duke Nukem 2, Blakestone Aliens of Gold, Hocus Pocus, Realms of Chaos. These were all Apogee games that were coming out in the in the early 90s. So I think they just assisted with this or did specific parts of, I don't know actually, but... But those games all came before Raptor, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, was there any real, real other Sidness game after that at all? Um, well, they started with with the Galactics in '91, and I think their next game is actually Raptor. So I guess in between they were helping out Apogee with their projects. They were working on an RPG for a little while called The Second Sword. That that was actually going to be their second game, but it was cancelled. And I'm not entirely sure what happened with that game, but yeah didn't happen um so then they originally um raptor was going to be called mercenary 2029 that was like the working title guess it's good that they changed the name uh yeah raptor does ha- i mean it is an iconic name also but call of the shadows come on yeah yeah that's cool but i don't know mercenary could have been it could have been cool but yeah, but there was a game called Mercenary in uh, 91, 92. Uh, so maybe that was not the best idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, they, they renamed it to Raptor. And another thing that I, that I read, I think this was after the release of Raptor, but I'm not entirely sure. But apparently um, the guys at It Software were also kind of impressed with their works. And they convinced them to move to Texas, where they were located, and and work with them for a while. So, one of the um, one of the people, who, well, it's it's not one of the people's birthday, sadly, but one of the people who did work on the game was uh, Paul Radek. Radek, uh, he made the audio engine library thing, and it that was also used by its software in Doom. So it's the same. It's called the DMX audio, and I think I think it's the same audio engine used both in Raptor and in Doom. So that's that's kind of a fun detail. I can see the It guys being impressed with um, Sickness because both It and Sickness they both knew how to make a game feel cool. The only problem is for Sickness they didn't really know how to make the game lasting fun. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sadly, I'm I'm not entirely sure what happened after, but the main thing that did happen is that the sickness sort of fell apart. Um I don't know I don't know if anyone knows more details about this, but yeah, they kind of split into two companies and I get the feeling there was some sort of falling out because well, the one company that continued was Mountain King Studios, but that was essentially just Scott Host, I think. 
And all of the other people moved to a company called Rogue Entertainment. So I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what happened there. Uh, they both continued for a while, Rogue Entertainment. I think, I think they created uh, some stuff for Quake 2 and American McGee's Alice and maybe other stuff. Yeah, so they they made some data this from so from what I read is some data hmm. is for Quake Two and then they made Strife and American ah. Mickey's Alice. Right, yeah, Strife is by Rogue, exactly. Apparently, there was some kind of internal revolt. Yeah, at at uh, according to the Doom Wiki uh, article hmm. about Rogue Entertainment, where they went up against uh, uh, it was. Uh, uh, Scott host and then the rest of them basically uh, splintered off to uh, be uh, to uh, make uh, games under Rogue, which was basically ID Software as well. Yeah, they were in the same building as as it Software. So yeah, this yeah, is uh, a kind of interesting thing. And I think what happened then with Scott Host is that he moved back to Chicago. So while Rogue remained in Texas and worked with the It guys, uh, Scott Hosts formed Mountain King Studios and and moved back to Chicago and and worked on some games there. Um, They did actually make a bunch of games after Raptor. Um, First of all, in 97, a game called Demon Star, which is another vertical shooter. So I guess guess he was really a fan of making vertical shooters. But um, yeah, they went on to make several games. Like uh, Swarm Assault is a game, 2001. It's a real-time strategy game. They made Hypertron 2, which is a third-person shooter. Uh, Treasure Fall, which is a puzzle game. So, yeah, they kept on making games all the way up to 2007. And I don't remember any of these. (laughs) No, me neither. (laughs) Demon Star, maybe, but that's about it. Yeah, I, I, I have not played any of these, no. What I read is that in 2008, uh, Scott Host was approached by a guy named Michael P. Welch of Blitwise Productions. I have also not really heard of this, but apparently uh, Michael Welch said, uh, oh, Raptor was my favorite game as a kid, and I I would love to uh, port this game for you to the iPhone. So that's a project they then did. I think it was released in 2010, the Raptor port. For iPhone, probably one of the few shooters of that style that might actually work well on the iPhone or on touchscreens in general. But either it wasn't released in Europe, or it's only available in US, or it's or it's dead because it's not. I like even with the links, they don't work. Hmm. It's like this project is no longer available. So yeah, maybe I mean, it- they 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 probably never updated for iOS some version where they removed feature Y and then the the project itself died. Yeah. Unfortunately. I think, I think a lot of games are removed from the App Store now if they were not updated to, you know, 64 bit or whatever. Some, yeah, some, yeah, that, yeah, that's that's the main thing. But uh yeah. the, the 2010 is the version that you can get off GOG. So that's pretty much that version. Yeah, that's the thing. I think this this port, like it 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 sparked some kind of new life into Raptor, and then it spawned a few updated versions. There's also a 2011 Mac version, for example. I I assume this is from the iPhone base. 
Um, it was published by Dot Emu. And and yeah, you're right. I think the GOG version is also the 2010 version. So must have been sort of this revived version. Um, but if you go on to Steam, there's also also published by Dot Emu a different version that's from 2015. Yeah. So the reason yeah. the reason that I remember for for that is, is that of course Windows ever evolving. Mm-hmm. And that the 2015 one, they added Steve achievement, Steam achievements, not right. Steve, Steam <laughs> achievements, and and they they also uh, uh, updated sort of the 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 engine in the background to work better with probably 64 bit Windows, which was becoming mm. more common back then. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting that this game was uh, sort of dead for a while, but now, well, well, now I say now, I mean this is 2015, but yeah. It's sort of back, and the last thing that I read is that Scott Host, the the original developer, is now running a Patreon where he is developing a, I think he calls it um, Raptor Remixed or something like that, and it's it's essentially like a, a completely new version of Raptor with all modern graphics and and effects and stuff. Well, when you look at the videos, it looks like basically added special effects to stuff like water. Hmm. But it's still the same graphics, like still the same pixely, like enemies, for example, are exactly the same. It's just like... Yeah, there's just lighting. On top. Yeah, light, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not sure what he's doing there, but there's a, a there's a teaser video up on, on YouTube. And yeah. It's cool he still owns the rights to the game. That hasn't happened very often in the games we've, just, we've discussed. Hmm, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, you can actually follow his uh, Twitch page, and he, he does uh, developer uh, stuff live for oh. Raptor. That's awesome. So uh, the plan is to have this new remixed version out on, well, essentially everything: uh, PC, Mac, PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, iOS, so Android. Yeah, so that's. That's I, I guess that's kind of fun to to look into now and and see what he's up to. I mean, yeah, it's fun that that they're still around and and doing things. I'm not sure when is like is there a plan when this gonna be released or what? Probably it's one of those uh, when he, when it's ready kind of things. As yeah, uh, I looked at the Patreon uh, earlier today and he's off his monthly goal by a bit where he could probably do it full time. Mm. And get it done faster. So it's one of these uh, when it's when it's ready and he's happy with it. Yeah, but it. I mean, it's still updated regularly. I mean, the last post is from I don't know two weeks ago or something. So yeah, it's it's not a dead project by any means. So that's fun. I also read that Scott Host worked at Popcap Games for a while, which I think is the Plants vs Zombies uh, developer. And also a bunch of other games. It's so. also surprising because with his game, which was called, uh, uh, basically he made a Bejeweled clone, right? And that's a PopCap game as well. So mm. it's kind of odd that he has like this it in his store still. And they yeah. tell him like to stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they saw that and they thought, well, we should hire this guy. He's good at this sort of game. So maybe, yeah. Well, well, Pop. 
PopCap has uh, different principles on on how they uh, what they do to make money off their games rather than uh, going after clones. Because unfortunately, PopCap now is under Electronic Arts, which is currently yeah. one of the more n- notorious business model games out there. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit sad. I tried playing Plants vs Zombies not long ago, and it was all free to play. Uh, it wasn't like that at all when it was originally released, but now, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit, I don't know, it's not good. But yeah, that's that's uh, the background. Another part of the background, by the way, is of course Apogee, uh, but we're not going to discuss the whole history of Apogee, um, mostly because we've already done that. So if you're interested in knowing more about Apogee, you can just go back to, well, for example, episode 46, in which we discussed Jill of the Jungle. And if you want to go even further back, we talked about Commander Keen in episode 9. So, yeah. I think the most recent development is that Apogee as a publisher name is back, and they're releasing mm. stuff. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, I guess... Uh, time is uh, is a circle. <laughs> I think it makes sense to talk a little bit about all the versions because we just talked about them already, but maybe just list them a little bit. So, I mean, there's obviously the original 1994 version. I don't think that one is available anywhere, is it? That's like gone. Which version? Like the original 94 version. Just... Oh, you can buy that off Steam. But isn't the, the 2015 remake... Also, the 1994 classic Raptor is on Steam. Oh, they're both on there. Yep. And also, the author sells like all of his games on his website. Ah, that's awesome. So it could be that it's the old version. Yeah, for sure. We should link to his website along with this post because that's, yeah, that's a cool thing. Ah, yeah, I see. It's on, on Mountain King, the website. Yeah. Apparently, also, Scott Ho still works for PopCap Games Chicago since 2007. So that's in his about bit. So if, right. if, that has, uh, if that's kept up to date, he's still working for PopCap Chicago. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I read that he worked there for four years, but I don't know when that was written. So. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, all the remakes are pretty much identical to the original, isn't it? It's just supporting new platforms and working on the higher resolution screens and stuff but it's not that they really changed the games in any of these remakes so there is one very significant change is that they have renamed death ray to plasma ray oh what for some reason (laughs) all right uh okay but you know in terms of gameplay i think all these games are Pretty much similar, so yeah. I haven't. I like. I have. I would say pretty good memory of how it played back then, and I haven't seen any difference on it. Yeah, exactly. I also see. I don't know who wrote this, uh, but apparently there are physical releases available on eBay. Yeah, I wrote that because I looked up eBay, and then I I found a German uh, a German release that. Uh, the the CD label is obviously written in German, and and it was mm. being sold for like two hundred fifty euros for the wow. boxed copy. So it's probably one of these that they had like a publisher that uh, got permission to print and box the the thing. And you can find actually box covers 
uh, online, but it's it's almost impossible to find um, at a reasonable price. Uh, either at a reasonable price or even just general generally. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. I don't think this is really a boxed copy kind of game to begin with. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and by the way, I just double checked. You were right. He left a pop cap in 2011. Ah, okay. Well, there you go. And now works at a different LLC, which I can't find any information about, but he's still President <laughs> Mountain King Studios since December 1995. Exactly, exactly. And that's the important bit. Yep. <laughs> right. One thing that we should mention is that it's got a pretty cool soundtrack mm-hmm. as well. So, I mean, we talked about the graphics quite a lot, but... Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't remember too much from the soundtrack, to be honest. I mean, it's just this. To me, it's like this OPL type soundtrack. Probably supports general MIDI devices too, but haven't heard that. But yeah, I think the soundtrack. It's surprisingly, it sounds much better than it kind of deserves. Huh. It's it's really good, but some of the loops are super short. It's you have the impression that it's like ten seconds in a loop. Or even ah. less, but it still sounds pretty good, right? Let's yeah, see it, who made the game, the music. It wasn't it the same guy that uh, did the DMX driver for Doom? Hmm. Um, Paul Raddick, or was it? Oh Matt, yeah. But that. Yeah. But uh, Matthew Murphy. Uh, Matt, Matthew Murphy is the. He was credited as as music, because okay. if if I if I understand like Paul Raddick, he made the sound and the. Sound and music programming, and then Matthew Murphy did the music. Actually, yeah, that's, that's yeah, okay. only like yeah. how I understand the. Yeah, yeah. but I, 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 love, I really like the music in Raptor. I mean, it's very iconic when you load up the game and you start hearing the the, the menu music uh, running running through after the Apogee theme. It's, it's like this is Raptor. You always recognize it as Raptor, and and it's nothing else. And it's really good. It's it's really one of the 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 uh, the the marking good features of of this uh, game, along with the graphics. Hmm. I'll um, I'll link to the uh, the soundtrack as well, so people can check it out. Or maybe just put something <laughs> into the podcast. Now that I think about it, <laughs> yeah, just 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 put a good good amount, yeah, of, uh, yeah. amount of it. And uh, listeners probably probably heard it from the info section. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, this it, it apparently because it does support general media and the stuff. It it. Uh, I looked it up earlier today when I was bored, and and uh, some of the uh, uh, so, uh, the soundtrack sounds definitely very different on, say, like a Roland MIDI device, and hmm. compared to because so it's it's programmed proper MIDI with, that it says use this instrument and play like that. So, hmm. That's uh, nice. but most people will probably remember it from like an OPL two OPL three chip. Let's see. I'm I'm just scrolling through our notes to see if we missed anything. Um, don't think we did. No, we mentioned quite a lot. It's been a shorter episode so far, but it's also a small game, so it's kind of fitting. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. It's a pretty basic game. I mean, it's a vertical shooter. You're in a jet and you blow things up. That's the whole game. So One thing I'd, I'd, I'd like to mention is that in Tyrion, I felt overwhelmed with all the options and, and all the mm. things that you can do. And in Raptor, it's all way more straightforward, so... It's a lot less intimidating. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it it does cut out on the replayability a lot in in uh, in Raptor. Uh, that it, it's essentially once you get 
high enough, then it's just upping the difficulty level until you're you're just uh, uh, stupidly challenged or just you've gone through everything at the hardest difficulty level. It, it doesn't have that replay value even in the shareware chapter that that Tyrion did. But the, uh, I'm I'm not very uh, objective on, on that opinion, obviously. But <laughs> but it it does it does have the elements which allow you to pick it up, play it for a day or two, and then forget it for the next three years, and then come back and pick it up again. So is it worth picking up? I mean, is it worth playing now, buying it on Steam, uh, checking out the old version, buying it from the guy's website, getting the original? Is it? It's, I mean, at the time it made a lot of sense to me. I mean, at the time there were, there were not a lot of these types of games on the PC. And, you know, this was really scratching an itch that a lot of people had, I think. But nowadays, when we're kind of overwhelmed with games and there's lots of stuff to play, maybe it makes a little bit less sense to check uh, this one maybe, out. But, but still, I didn't feel like the time I put into it this month was wasted in any way. So... Mm. I mean, we, we've played more uh, more compelling games, but still, I, I, I've had a fun time with Raptor. Yeah, for sure. I feel that it feels pretty nicely, this spot of like, I just want to play something and I really am not in a mood to think or like do something hard, just like zone out and shoot stuff. Yeah. Right. It's for, for that, I think it's very good. And probably a lot of people already kind of have it because I suppose it was maybe in some packs like uh, in in a steam like bundle or something so just yeah definitely do play it do you have anything uh insightful to say uh, to to close this off uh Hannes? insightful oh uh, you like putting the bar high don't you <laughs> say something smart <laughs> save us <laughs> uh okay let me just say this we did talk about the game's historical significance uh, of finally bringing the shoot em up to the pc platform and i mean in that respect someone earlier likened it to commander keen i think and uh okay raptor never did have the big impact Commander Keen had, and uh, appropriately, there's much less nostalgia around it for these days. Though I'm just going to uh, take the risk of uh, uh, enraging some of the listeners. Uh, honestly, I do believe that out of these two, uh, Raptor is the game which actually aged better. So, Commander Keen to me really only makes sense in the context of the time and with the knowledge and appreciation of what it did at a technical level. And Raptor, on the other hand, I still feel it's fun to play uh, outside of showing how things were 30 years ago. I mean, for sure, it's not the best game of its kind at the time. Uh, nowadays, when I want to play a vertical shooter uh, from that era, I usually default to Banshee, which I think has much more variety in its looks and also the level design, which we uh, touched upon quite a bit here today. Uh, though then, I do believe I still can have fun with Raptor, and I uh, do believe even if it does go a bit samey towards the end, uh, it does keep its motivation up, at least through the shareware episodes. And uh, I mean, 
those you can legally get for free anyway. So uh, it's worth a try, I think. That's a good point. Um, the, uh, maybe the shareware version is just the best part of the game in a way. It's just you you get kind of the gist. And one thing, if you only play the shareware version, is that you probably never get to see the higher tier weapons. And I think the laser, at least, is very satisf- satisfying to fire as as well mm. as the laser turret because that was was really cool to get that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I I I did check the price of this when it goes on sale on Steam, and it's like. One euro seventy five. So really, for, uh, for for that investment, just wish list it. Wait until it's on sale, and then just go for it. Because it's 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 an interesting game to experience, even even past sort of the shareware content uh, for 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 less than than your cup of coffee kind of uh, kind of price. It's it's worth for the music. It's it's worth it for for the the uh, graphics and and uh, then to to just uh, feel it into a bit of these more casual shooters. I'd say that that were very rare during that time. Yeah. Another thing is that we've been doing shoutouts lately. We got an email from uh, Watchful, is a, a DOS Game Club member. And he sent in a voice message for the Space Quest episode. But he also actually does a uh, a podcast of his own. It's called uh, Let's Play by Play. And um, you, can, you can check it out on letsplaybyplay.org. So, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, fun that he's doing that. So there you go. It's, he says... It's kind of interesting. He says, I'm not a voice actor and I don't have much time to do scripted narration, but have made this for busy and differently abled gamers who want to experience a game with only audio. So, yeah, I mean, that is definitely an interesting thing that, that you know, there are people whose uh, sight might not be perfect or maybe people who can't move their hands as easily as other people and they still would, l- would like to uh, play games or enjoy this stuff so that's why he made this this thing full audio and people can just enjoy it that way so I don't know that's a, it seems like a worthwhile effort so do check that out yeah is that it? I think it <laughs> is I think that's Raptor that's Raptor yeah that's so uh, what's what's otherwise going on, uh, Florian? Well, uh, in February, which is almost over now, <laughs> we what a name, huh? <laughs> oh, it's I just have to laugh at that R in February, like it's a silent R. Feb- oh, February. Yes, we we talked about that. I think very <laughs> early in the show, we both learned how to pronounce February. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, well, uh, well, we 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 have or we are still in theory we are still playing Jones in the fast lane. Um, interesting kind of game. Um, yeah, <laughs> Ex- expect You'll an interesting it. episode. <laughs> then next month, March, that will be the big one, five year anniversary, and also our um, first person shooter month. So this will be Quake. Oh yeah, we're we're planning to have a tournament with club members and listeners. So more info on that soon on Twitter, I assume. Yeah, that's super cool. I'm I'm looking forward to this. You know, I've never actually played Quake. So yeah, I'm uh, expecting to win the tournament. <laughs> of course you will. I mean, we were also looking into getting a trophy or something for for the winner in the end. Not, not entirely sure what we can 
come up with, but yeah, something something will happen. I, I can get a trophy for five euros. The only problem is postage is too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that's definitely a cool thing to look forward to. And also in April, we're playing Mech Warrior 2, which is another game I've never played. But isn't it essentially also a shooter? It's more like a simulation. Yeah, yeah it's more a simulation type of game. Uh, so huh. yeah, so if you really want to play that in one month, uh, I hope you don't have any plans <laughs> for any vacation or something. So I, <laughs> I remember I played through that uh, in I don't know '95, and mm-hmm. oof, yeah, it's quite heavy. Yeah? Thing is, we don't have to finish every game that we play in the club. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to break out the box of old, old game, uh, old uh, game CDs and, and break out MechWarrior too because I know I have the uh, 3DFX release that came with a Voodoo card. Oh, that, nice! In, still in the box, so I got to test that out. I also have MechWarrior Two Mercenaries, but that's a different game. Ha ha! <laughs> wow. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this, although I don't actually know what I'm looking forward to because I've never played this and I don't really even know what it is apart from that you're apparently inside some kind of giant robot. So yeah. Yeah, we'll that's see. about it. Yeah. <laughs> Manage we'll the heat. See. Manage the heat. That's the most important thing. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. Well, we'll we'll see what, what happens with that. Um, but that's for April. So, uh, yeah, if you're into this DOS game stuff, you can uh, join us by visiting our website, dosgameclub.com. We have forums where we discuss the games. Uh, you can suggest a game. Um, that's, that's what we do. If you want to participate, you can also send a voice message, like I mentioned. You can send it to club at dosgameclub.com. Um, you can chat with us on our IRC chat thing uh, on Afternet, which is also called DOS Game Club. And if you don't know how that works, we have a chat widget on our website. You can also follow us on Twitter, where we're called DOS Game Club. So that's, uh, yeah, another thing to keep up with what's going on. We try to do polls and, and, and you know, just updates there. So that's fun. Um, and last but not least, if you're listening to this on a podcasting app, then we would really appreciate it if you leave a rating or a review. And then, yeah, that helps to spread the podcast to other people and, and get known. So, yeah, that, that's appreciated. That's it, I think. Um, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for being here, guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for uh, having us. Yeah. And, well, see you all next time. I guess. Yep. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye. 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 Bye.